You're listening to Ireland Talks Podcast with Kevin Byrne. Hello and you're welcome to Ireland Talks Podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is singer, songwriter and also by day a school teacher hailing from the village of Ovens in County Cork. His self-released album Dreamcatcher bursted onto the Irish music scene in 2016. Jack O'Rourke, you're very welcome to Ireland Talks Podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. I mentioned ovens in Cork at the uh, in the intro. What was it like growing up in ovens? Um, it was quite idyllic. Um, I would have come from a um, an estate, a housing estate in Ballincollig. So I think initially when I moved to the country, I missed uh, that sense of literally running into about five different houses. You know, we, we kind of there was so much. A sense of adventure and and fun living in an estate, you know, and all your mates live near, nearby, and there's that mischief going on. So it took a while to adapt, but I, I love living in the country now. Um, yeah. And it's I, actually when when all of this stuff in the world happened, I I I, I left my pad in the city and I came home to the to the parents and the, just for a bit of space. So it's like a sanctuary, you know. Yeah. And in, in terms of the music, uh, where did it all begin musically for you and, and I suppose your influences? Um, it probably started with my parents as well and, and I might explain why I seem to <laughs> go from one style into another. Um, it's yeah. not something conscious, it's just I think growing up I heard a lot of different genres. My parents were big music lovers. I, I I was listening to Pavarotti in the cradle. Yeah. Apparently, he used to put me to sleep, and um, yeah. and then I, I, I my dad would play the Rolling Stones to Rory Gallagher, George Jones, Patsy Cline, you know, um, and great songwriters. Yeah, you know, people like Leonard Cohen, and Dylan, yeah. and Chris Gustafsson. And then my mom liked a lot of opera, so she listened to Maria Callas and Puccini, and you know. Um, Birdie and she played a lot of jazz you know so I heard a lot of Fitzgerald and Sarah Vaughan so a, a very big mix of stuff Yeah and and was the first musical instrument the piano or was it guitar or what was it? It was piano yeah which would be kind of unusual um, I think a lot of lads uh, you know they, they almost become a guitar like, like a lot of lads become a football but for me it was always the piano I, I my mom's my mother's friend had a piano in her house and uh when I was about four, I, it was like this magnet. It just drew me to it, and I had to play it. It was it was that simple. And do you, I know it's a funny question, but do you remember, say, the first track you ever played on the piano, the first song you learned? I do. It was called Happy Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> so you moved from the city uh, to the country and became a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I can play it if if they bring back the Gay Bachelor Festival to Ireland. Um, it could be the team tune or something. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but uh, no, I do, and uh, I was very lucky. I had great teachers, you know. I I would have learned a Japanese method called Suzuki, which was based around the ear. Um, she plays simple classical pieces, and I I play them back to her without reading. Yeah. So I really trained my ear, and then I was playing trad at the same time with with a. Uh, one of my neighbours, Johnny McCarthy, he's a great traditional musician and, and classical musician, but he taught us to whistle in school. And I think kids, I think no matter what style they, they initiate into it, music, I think I think the ear is so important, you know. And I mean, I read music and I teach music, but 
a lot of what I do is instinctive and I, I think you can't learn that as I think if you're from a very young age if you're musical if you learn to read to to to, to play by ear and yeah. to almost feel it rather, rather than to only rely on notation you can learn notation so you know yeah. I, I really feel that so it just comes to you kind of naturally which yeah they say if you can do it from a child and it comes to you naturally well then you know you have it exactly you know so I, I'd be a big advocate for that. And uh, being a teacher by day and a singer-songwriter, uh, I wonder how the two combine. Um, they combine, I suppose, they're at odds with each other sometimes. They have been because with teaching, you have to be very obviously disciplined and, you know, during the school term, you can't exactly be on the rantan. Yeah. Um, so when I was a bit younger, I found that difficult. But... Um, it, ne- it never seemed to affect uh, my teaching, thankfully. I hope not, anyway. Um, but it also kept me disciplined, you know, because I think there's a lot of temptations when you're playing gigs and, you know, and, and uh, it can be amazing fun. But if, if it's a thing that keeps recurring, yeah. you know, you can become dependent on nights out and alcohol and yeah, lots of other things. And um, I think when you have a nine to five and, and you're responsible for other people, it's good for me because I I think songwriters live a lot in their heads. I've said yeah. this before, but I think when you're when you're looking after other people, students, you've, you kind of takes you out of your own shit, and it's yeah, it's a good balancing act, I think. And do you feel you will stay in the in the teaching profession going forward? Definitely, no. <laughs> um, and that that's quite a sad laugh because you know yeah. talking to a lot of musicians at the moment, the arts are in a really precarious position. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been lucky because because you know unless you're signed or you know you're you're making music, I suppose that would appeal to the masses or daytime radio. Um, hmm. I, I I I don't think I I can put, be put into a genre, and I have a very dedicated fan base. Yeah who followed me around as a kind of zigged and zagged for the last seven years, but they, um, it's very difficult to make a living. You know, I, I heard Mary Cockton on the radio this week and because she, her name has been out there for decades, people mm-hmm. have this perception that she's rolling in money and that's yeah. not the case. Absolutely. Um, and, she and she with, actually with, joined me on the, on the podcast know. and was talking about that um, uh, same thing, you know, that this perception of that there's a ton of money, but it's, it's not always that way. It's not, and I, I think it's nobody's fault, but, you know, and it's the age-old question regarding streaming, like Spotify. I think she made, she said she made 30 euro in a year, and, like, yeah. that's just bad karma, I think. Yeah. It's, it's it's the equivalent of, yeah. of of Johnny Cash being dropped from his label when he was in yeah. his late 60s. It's just, you think someone like her with her caliber and her, her longevity and her artistry, you know, I just think we produce so many artists in this country, not just in music and drama, poets, you know, film makers. Um, and I think there's a sense that sometimes I think we take that for granted, and, yeah. but these are people that need to make a living, you know? Um, and I think that needs to be catered for more. Yeah. I suppose when you look back over the years and, and back to, I, I know vinyl has come full circle now, but going back to when that was big and, I suppose when my sisters and brothers were 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 buying vinyl, I suppose music was bought, so it wasn't digitally available. It wasn't available through YouTube, etc. 
do you not think that the the YouTube channels and even though it's great for getting your name out there, etc., but when it comes to releasing music and the money that goes into putting an album together, the the, the there's not enough, I suppose, uh, there's not enough safeguards for the musician. Well, there isn't. It's like literally, you know, jumping from a trapeze and there is there might be a net underneath to, to, mm. to catch you. And for me, teaching is a job that I love, It's but it's also a safety net, yeah. you know, um, and it, affor- it affords me the a little bit of money I put away every year to make album, you know, and, and to make music. And I, I, I really, I, I've, a, I've a renewed sense of, you know, a necessity to write music and to write songs because when COVID happened, I, I kind of went underground. I started writing music again without yeah. any agenda, actually. And I think because I've had some degree of success, you, you know, it, it's very easy to fall into the trap of writing, kind of going, oh, if I, if I try this sound, it might work on this station, you know, and you, you almost lose the muse. Yeah. So I think it, I, I, I realize that I have to write and that's a great thing, you know. So it's it's um but there are i mean like i i've i've had an album out on an ep and i've had some amazing opportunities um but i could write a book in terms of what's needed you know as far as i can tell um i released an album and i luckily had a lot of mates like marlene enright who'd done it before who could tell me what worked for her and what didn't Mm. and there's a real sense of i think community in, in in the music world in Ireland, especially in Cork, where I'm from. Yeah. And, um, you know, on top of the cost of paying your musicians and producer and artwork, there's PR, you know, and, and so there's so much involved if you want to, you know, put, put it forward. And you were talking about vinyl. I mean, when I make my next, when, when I record my next album, I'm going to put it on vinyl. And I might even do what a lot of people are doing at the moment. I, I read a post from Luca Bloom. He's not putting his album on any streaming sites. Yeah. And uh, another musician I love, Mel- Melogen, um, uh, he goes under that name, but he he um, he just put it up in Bandcamp and I bought it on Bandcamp and uh, I wanted to hear it, I wanted to listen to it. And, you know, so Spotify is an easy thing to blame. And I, I've heard, and I'm subscribed to Spotify, you know, I've heard some amazing artists, mm. but... Um, you know, and streaming brings a lot of, you know, benefits, you know, if you've a lot of streams, but um, it, it's it's just crazy, I think, how, 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 how little artists and songwriters and musicians and bands and composers are are, are funded from, from these sites, you know. It could be a great thing that the vinyl is coming back around because, you know, obviously if it goes back to that, and I see it because what, like when I'm in record shops, rather it be, you know, the golden discs of this world or the, or the secondhand shops, you see a lot of, of people in buying vinyl now from a from a very young uh, age bracket, like, I mean, from, you know, 15 upward, which which could be a great thing for, for the arts world and the music world in itself. Well, it could, and it, it will encourage, I think, a lot of people, like, we're all guilty of it, but, you know, I, I I'm romantic maybe I, I love I love certain albums and I love the arc of the story they tell or the fact that yeah. someone has sat down and sequenced yeah. these songs yeah. or, and and thought about what what sounds they want you know collect you know cohesively on on a, on a work and yeah. it is it's like a novel or it's like yes. a, yeah. an opera or a play you know there's there's a beginning and a middle and an end to it you know 
it's also the physical feel of a of a, a CD, a vinyl, you know. That exactly. Is, you know. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and I, I think that it, it's a whole unit. Like it isn't just one hit single. And and I think the greatest albums for me anyway are, are, are you know, to to just completely unwind and put on your headphones and listen to it from start to finish. Yeah. You know, whatever it might be, it could be the Dark Side of the Moon or it could be Joni Mitchell's Blue. There's there's a real sense of a story being told, you know, Absolutely. musically and lyrically. Absolutely. Would you, would you have a favourite place to write? Um, I, 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 I write lyrics first often, and then I sit down at the piano and I, I, um, I write in bed and I write in the morning when I, yeah. when I'm out, uh, when I wake up first, you know, when I, when I'm, you know, I, I find I have to exercise uh, in, early in the morning to kind of keep the demons at bay. But I, all that mad shit in your head when you wake up. <laughs> I like to write then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> before it's kind of before it's silenced. <laughs> and 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 do songs uh, just like come to you, or do do they develop over time, or or what's the process? What for you? What is the process? Um, it depends, I suppose. I I think if you've got a real, you know, sometimes sometimes an idea will come to you and you'll ride with that and you know it could be a phrase a turn of phrase even that someone might say oh that's kind of interesting yeah. and what that might like that might suggest the story and then suddenly you have a song um or on my next album i'll be uh, mike the pies have you been to mike the pies mike the pies i haven't it's a lovely venue in listole um a guy called Aiden runs it and uh you know he's he's a real rocker he loves you know he's he's put Fontaine's DC he gave him the first gig in the murder capital and um a lot of bands like that and, and yeah. but as a fan of songwriters like myself as well but he um he runs a great music venue in the store but his uncle this this song happened just because he showed me his uncle Michael ran this pub before him and he was a very kind of a strong quiet silent man yeah. But nobody knew on the top floor of the bar, his uncle had this room, this sanctuary where he kept stacks of vinyls of opera and, and art. So I wrote a song about like what I imagined his his perspective would have been from for, for living in Ireland at that time and being keeping this kind of room secret and yeah. having to adapt, you know. So it, as I get older, I find I'm writing less about myself and, and more about um you know, it's always it's always interesting me how songs evolve. You know, and not 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 musically speaking, but lyrically. I mean, I yeah. think John Prine, who died recently, was a, was a great writer of, of words. Incredible, yeah. Because he often wrote. He was very empathetic. You know, he, he wrote songs when he was twenty five about a Vietnam vet coming back shell shell shocked, or in, in in hello and there. You know, yeah. an old couple kind of growing apart from the world and An incredible. Song. Um, even he is a song about. Yeah, the elephant man. I think um, the guy who played him being on, kind of being put out to go on tour in America, hmm. like like I I loved that. Randy Newman is this, another guy who who writes from the perspective of even a racist, you know. And yeah. you listen to the song, you're like, oh my god, does he does he think like that? But he's writing, he's almost making a point that some people think like this. And mm. I, I, that to me is very interesting as I as I get older. So Steve Earle, I think, um, could be put yeah. in that bracket as well. Exactly, mm. and um, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I've written some very introspective, you know, personal songs like Silence, but um, 
I find I find songs that you know are from a. I'm writing a song as well at the moment about um, just the whole Black Lives Matter, you know, situation. Yeah. Not that it's a situation that's been going on for centuries, but yeah, the whole idea that you know I can try I can try to be empathetic, but I I can't walk in somebody's shoes who who is black or of color because I I never have experienced that. So you know things like that interest me, I suppose, as well as you know the 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 stuff we all go through on a personal basis. Yeah. And have you a plan for, is there a, a new album in the making at the moment? I think so, yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I'm in an interesting position because, you know, I, I have a band that I would have always worked with, particularly on my rockier songs, um, and they're still very much part of the picture. But I've also been sending the, the songs that I've been writing to different musicians, you know, even around the country. Yeah. Uh, even traditional yeah. traditional musicians and people that uh you know arrange strings yeah and they've sent me back you know my demo with with what they've done which is really cool you know yeah yeah um so there's been a lot of collaboration and yeah i don't know why but you know with all the uncertainty i kind of feel a sense of um smugness <laughs> smug <laughs> smug happiness that um i'm not suddenly kind of going oh my god what what am i doing this for you know i'm doing this because i love it and, yeah. and uh, i think that's important oh that's very you know? important yeah absolutely can you can you remember the first uh, gig you ever did i did i can um i was in a band with, with friends from school and we were called corners first and we, then we were called pregnant monk <laughs> <laughs> and uh we were playing metallica covers of all things um you know, I, I think while I really appreciate a lot of um, kind of hard rock and metal, I, I and I, I wasn't really into Metallica, but um, all my friends were. So I was singing um, metal, but I was writing lyrics then kind of, I suppose, you know, I was listening to Tom Waits at the time and yeah. Leonard Cohen and Kurt Cobain was about as kind of grunge as I got, but... I always felt the lyrics in a lot of these song, a lot of a lot of those band songs, they were very almost like Tolkien or something. You know, <laughs> it was it was always very lofty with yeah. like, with lots of guitar solos. So I was a bit out of my depth, but I learned a lot about um, you know, how to get the audience inside and stuff. But yeah, I I I, I um I moved away from Pregnant Monk, <laughs> <laughs> but I still say good times. Oh, very good times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. You know, and all of, all of these things are learning curves to kind of find out what 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 you're good at singing and what you like playing. You know. Yeah. Um. um so what, yeah, did um, you, did that's you, where I started. What was your most uh, memorable gig? The one you'd come away from and say, "Wow." Um, there's a few. Um, mm -hmm. I think playing my first album. Um, I played it in the Everyman in Cork, and that was an amazing experience. Um, it was it was like a kind of a, this is your life all all of yeah. any anyone and yeah. everyone from my life was there, seven hundred seats you know which 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 is pretty amazing um really gratifying um and just certain you know opportunities I've been given um I uh, I always would have loved other voices on TV and I sent my album to Philip King yeah. and um you know he had me on the trail and he he had me in his studio to interview me about my album and you know eventually not this year but the year before I was one of the headliners for other voices and you know the tv show and incredible yeah that was great because it, it just felt it was kind of like a rite of passage for a, for an Irish songwriter you know 
Philip King, he's he's been such a great uh, man for the Irish artists, but the the whole other voices thing is just it's an incredible show. Absolutely, and he he's he's very interesting to me because he's a traditional, you know, he's a traditionalist. He values yeah. tradition and, and traditional music and folk music, but he's also very innovative, and he's. You know, he always knows the neck, the new rapper who's, you know, maybe from Galway, who's writing interesting lyrics or he'll, um, you know, he'd bring the national, the, the rock band over yeah. from the States or yeah. he, he was the first person to bring Amy, Amy Winehouse over. He, so he's, he's, he's just got his ear to the ground. He's clued in. Not just he's clued in, yeah. To, to, all to all types of music and, and just loves all types of music. So I, I like that. And the Irish folk scene, the, the, you know, would you have a, a, somebody that you would look up to in in that genre? Um, I do. Well, I, I think it's a very interesting time, and, and the songs that I'm writing at the moment, um, it's not exactly traditional Irish music, but certainly from a lyrical point of view, and I I, I predominantly play piano, um, and I'll have trad instruments. I think on these songs, um, because I I have been listening to a lot of people like like Langham and. You know, I think Lisa O'Neill is an incredible writer. I, I think her lyrics are incredible. Um, the Train to Cameron, I think, is a, is a yeah. great song, isn't it? It's wonderful, yeah. yeah. Or even, she's a song about uh, the Dockers, you know, not yeah. being able to work anymore. And, she, you know, she again, perspective. She wrote a song from the perspective of, of, um, of I think, either Brian, Bru I think Brian Brew's wife. Um, yes. You know, so she finds in interesting ideas, and and, and again, I, I just like songwriters who. Does it depends on how you look at songwriting? You know, I love ABBA. You know, yeah. because their their lyrics their lyrics are you know, they're you know they were Swedish. It's not poetry. It's not Bob Dylan, but yeah, their music and their their harmonies and their chords and melodies are are sublime. They're as good as you know the Beatles. You know, but I I, I think lyrics are important and. Uh, I think Lisa O'Neill is a great lyricist. Yeah, would you would you get a lot of uh, inspiration from, say, you know, nature? Uh, I suppose the landscape. I do. Oh, well, I do. Fun, funnily enough, especially on this, these new songs, um, I think coming home to Ovens maybe is is in part of that. My dad is a very keen gardener too, and did um, yeah, science in college, so he kind of knows the Latin name of every plant. Yeah, and I, I, I'm, I've always been interested um, in myth and legend, and how certain plants are associated with, you know, a certain power and 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 symbolism, you know. So even the rowan is kind of associated with witchcraft, and yeah. So yeah, I, I would reference nature a lot. I have a song called "I Forget You in the Morning," and it's talking about wild garlic and lots of other things. I think I think it's. I love poetry when I was in school. I teach English too, and I, I think even Irish poets like Seamus Heaney and Evan Boland and um, you know, Brendan um, Behan maybe. And uh, yeah, and there's something very kind of evocative and sensuous about about talking about nature and smells and mm. you know. Uh, yeah, cause yeah a, so definitely, a, absolutely. A, a smell, as you know, well, I find anyway that. You know, a smell can bring you back twenty years. One particular smell. Exactly. Mm. Absolutely. So it's, it's just it's so evocative. Um, so yeah, I think anything like that, 
you know, and, and sounds and smells and it's all very powerful stuff. Yeah. And I suppose in the, in the current, uh, I, I won't say crisis, but it is a crisis of sorts. Uh, in terms of gigs, it's looking, I suppose it's looking bleak at the moment. Um, but there is talk that maybe, you know, in I think October, November, that they'd be able to bring back gigs and, you know, small capacity gigs. Will you look forward to that if that gets going again? Or, or will you just wait till it all, we get a vaccine and it all gets back to normal? Um, I, I have two gigs coming up, um, smaller gigs, uh, one in Cork and one in Waterford. Right. Um, I think one's been postponed, but I don't know. I, 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 I've played big festivals and, you know, with my band and they're great fun. But just from a financial point of view um, and, and also just the space point of view, I love playing intimate gigs. So, And, and I suppose being a piano player and the songs are, are always starting there. I'm happy playing often on my own and playing my own songs without a band, even though the camaraderie is great and what yeah. they add to the to the power and the feel of a song. It's often it's often just as powerful to play on your own. Absolutely. I think you could ask Christy Moore that and he, he, he'd give you some good advice. Yeah, totally. And just even from a financial point of view, but I don't know, I, I, often people say it to me, it just depends on people's tastes. You know, I, I could, I could bring in a string quartet and a full rock band and often it suits the song, but often people just want to hear it bare bones, you know, there's something about a demo, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, Jack O'Rourke, I want to thank you for joining me on Ireland Talks podcast. You uh, spoke about the piano a lot. It all started with the piano. So uh, what I'm going to do is wrap up uh, the show with a track called Ivory Towers and the Piano Version. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, Jack, and the best of luck with everything in the future. Hope all the gigs get back to normal and best of luck with all your writings and, and uh, future plans for albums, etc. Thanks very much, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jack. Bye-bye. Thanks for that. Take care. Bye-bye. Kept in exile, it's like a minute history. So put our feminine into flight, shedding shame, my color sword, speaking in magic tongues, make love in reruns, crashing waves upon your shore evermore. Young ones painting dreams like rainbow showers Embracing possibility, soul to soul Ivory towers Ivory towers Neighbors whisper venom in all musics You kiss me and lingers, but tearing down broken regimes Tear at the seas We're on the cusp of riding waves Far from bombs and orange men I've shown you my fragility 
vulnerable comedian So tango with me in the dark Kiss me in the still of night Lay with me in sandals Skin on skin and pale moonlight Young was painting dreams like rainbow showers Embracing possibility soul to soul Ivory towers Ivory towers Neighbors whisper venom in old musings You kiss me in lingers with tearing down Never been a better me Shadows kept in exile Let's lock them in the history Listening to Ireland Talks Podcast.